Welcome to another episode of Old Guard versus New Blood with Majestic. So this is uh, uh, 45 minutes of discussion on, uh, on, on a particular topic and we've got a couple of oldies in the world um, here and uh, that's myself and, and Rasmus. Hi Rasmus. Hello Dixon, hello everyone. And, uh, and then we got some youngsters in the industry. They might not think they're Ooh. youngsters, but they, they <laughs> damn well are compared to uh, Rasmus and me. Uh, so Romain and Patrick, so hi guys. Hello. So hey we're everyone. Just, we're just going to rabbit for a couple of minutes whilst uh, whilst Facebook kind of gets up to speed and, and, and people start to to, uh, to come on in. If anybody's in the, in the, in the chat room and, and wants to say hi, then feel free. I'll try and uh, bring them into the conversation. Uh, and let uh, me just... Uh, uh, press some buttons so I can see some bits and pieces. Uh, and if any of you uh, can see the uh, the feed on Facebook, um, guys, uh, and there are questions there, then please tell me because I'm really bad at checking those kind of things out. So, <clears throat> so uh, this month we've morphed uh, Old Guard, uh, New Blood into uh, a kind of battle between um, uh, you know between what works and what doesn't on crawlers. Um, and uh, uh, and so we got some uh, some. Uh, a great a great panel really i think uh so I, i'm gonna let the and, and we're a good balance of you know in-house uh agency, agency tool side, yeah. tool side <clears throat> and, and me kind of like a sort of limbo land uh and uh so so you know remain why don't you start by introducing yourself and who you do and whose mm. path interaction sure. um yeah so i'm roman demery i'm the director of tech seo at, at path interactive uh so we are a Pure uh, digital uh, marketing and advertising um, agency uh, based out of uh, New York City. Uh, although, well, we're all working from home right now, so I guess it uh, doesn't matter as much. Uh, a sneak peek at the office, by the way, right behind me, uh, courtesy of Zoom virtual background. Thanks for that. Um, I'm pretty sure the office is exactly the same right now, like just as empty. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I've been doing SEO and digital marketing for um, <clears throat> for slightly over 10 years. Um, so, so I'm very honored that, uh, that I made the cut uh, to be considered a, a young blood, because I guess it wasn't that obvious uh, at first. <laughs> Dixon was like, hold on, you Roman again? <laughs> <laughs> Dixon, young, it's the man. beard, it's the beard, I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, yeah but so I'm just being at the just well, we, well, during war, warm up, guys, you know, he did say that he'd use front page, so that that is a kind yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> I started early, yeah. That's yeah. technically not really SEO, I didn't care about SEO that much, but yeah, I, I, I probably created my first uh, front page website when I was 12 or something yeah. like that. So. It, it was SEO for me at the time, anyway, right? Patrick, why don't you say who you are and uh, yeah. and, and talk about your fantastic tool? Hi, everybody, uh, yeah, I'm the co founder of Sitebulb, um, which is a desktop website crawler um an seo auditing tool uh so if you don't already use sitebulb just go and download it now while we're waiting to get started you might as well go and download it and sign up for a trial and get going uh, the plug's at the end yeah oh no sorry uh, I'll, I'll say at the end as well um okay. yeah so that i mean that's me you know we we do we do seo auditing with the with the software um i've been in the seo world for since about 2012 um before Sitebulb, we had another tool called URL Profiler, um, and that's kind of how we got into the tool game. But it's been Sitebulb pretty much since 2017, and it's going from strength to strength. And uh, we're, um, yeah, that, that's me. Jolly good. Okay, and Rasmus, lovely blinds that you've got behind you there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, so uh, 
<laughs> I think I thought that was appropriate, even though it's a it's a Zoom background. I don't think you really want to see the real background here. So, thanks for having you on, Dick. Um, you and I have known each other for for a, for a long time. Uh, I think it's it's probably bordering on on twenty years. Um, been doing SEO the whole time, uh, both at the agency level, at the in-house, uh, and and at as affiliate, and um, and been that route and. And recently, I, I joined Blinds to Go, uh, which is uh, uh, Blinds and Curtains Online, as as the global SEO and e-commerce director. So um, it's it's exciting to to finally be on the client side for for a change and and, and steering that along. So I remember I, I remember once flying to uh, Copenhagen for the day uh, and going to a conference that, uh, that that Rasmus had, and I went went to Copenhagen for lunch, uh, a couple of beers, um, uh, a trip trip round his uh, his well factory based venue, and uh, uh, it was fun. Uh, yeah, I went back for the day. So yeah, but yeah, I think we've we've known each other. I don't know since the very first conference I went to, so probably two thousand and two, something like that. It's, yeah, it's been yeah, a long time anyway. So That's yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, right. So uh, anyway, uh, so uh, obviously this is all being put on by Majestic. So um, Majestic have come out with a couple of things since uh, since last month. Um, they, uh, if you haven't checked out the new hub for uh, for story, looking after your reports and uh, and and uh, sort of the new campaign manager tool, then then do go and have a check with that if you're a Majestic user. Uh, hope you are. Uh, and also they've uh, got some interesting uh, post on on link fidelity versus link volatility, um, which takes you a little bit around the houses as to why uh, why volume is not always good um, compared to quality and stuff. So interesting posts on there. Um, if you want to try Majestic and you haven't already, then um, you know uh, it's it's a it's a good thing to do. What a little tip for you guys: if you aren't a Majestic user, if you I don't know if it's still true, but if you um, ask them for a demo really nicely, then um, they'll do your one-to-one demo and uh, then ask them if there's any way you can uh, get in and have a bit of a trial. Um, I don't know if that still works, and I might get sacked for for saying that if it doesn't. Anyway, it's worth a try. Uh, okay, so uh, guys, we're going to be talking about crawling today. Um, obviously, something that you know Majestic does a lot. Uh, Patrick does a lot, but also you know we you know uh, on on agency side, you've probably got problems with some clients that that, that, that are having problems with crawl <coughs> issues, and uh, and uh, certainly things have changed on the crawling side a lot over the years. So I think there may be some different perspectives from. You know the olds in the room and the and the, and the younger ones in the room. Um, so uh, I'm going to start with, with with the approach that I usually do, which is you know, give us one thing about crawling that SEOs don't seem to pay attention to. And I'm going to I'll start off with remain. You know, if there's something that you think that SEOs don't pay attention to in crawling or that, that that they should do. Mm. <clears throat> well, I don't want to sound like presumptuous, so maybe like less experienced SEOs, I would say, maybe um, maybe don't pay enough attention to the rendering process that, you know, happens between the crawling and the indexing. Um, I, I think that that's something that, yeah, uh, that is, uh, that people don't pay enough uh, attention to. Uh, and the rendering, like beyond just activating JavaScript, but also like, you know, what does it look like? How long does it take to, to render the main content and, and, and things like that? I, I think that's, uh, that's more and more important and, cool. and, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll, I think we'll come back to that a little bit later because I think it's going to be good. Patrick, do you want to go with one? Hmm. Yeah. So 
I get a lot of support tickets or get exposed to kind of <laughs> customer issues with stuff and like when they get confused or when they're not sure what to do with certain things. And often like the way it kind of gets pitched to us is why is this thing happening? Why is X happening? Why is Y happening? One of the things which we see a lot of is like your software is taking ages to crawl my site. You know, why is it so bad? Why is it so slow? And kind of when you dig into this and say, right, can you send me a screenshot so I can just have a look at what's going on? And, you know, this screenshot arrives and there's like a queue of 500,000 URLs. It's already crawled 500,000. And you can just see in the URL log that it's stuck crawling like paginated pages or faceted search or something like that. And, and like when you kind of point this out to the customer, that's, you know, you need to go and like limit the crawl. That's what the problem is here. Yeah. Um, and most of the time they are SEO professionals who are sort of using our software. We'll get responses like, okay, right. Sorry, well, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. If there's any questions on Facebook, I can't see it. I've just closed Facebook down. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick, carry on. What was I saying? Oh, um, yeah. Crawling yeah, so, too fast. So, yeah, and like the response might be, well, it's okay. These pages are canonicalized <clears throat> anyway, right? <clears throat> and like, that's not the point. The, the point is that you shouldn't be exposing Google or crawlers to these pages in the first place, you're forcing them to crawl a whole load of crap that they shouldn't really need to be crawling. Unless you need to, they need to crawl these URLs from a discovery perspective, you shouldn't be forcing them to crawl them. And so like, it's just a massive waste of crawl budget. And I think there's definitely um, a, a disconnect, certainly with, with a bunch of our customers where they're not really understanding that actually you should be making it easy for Googlebot to navigate your site and find everything that you want them to find and find all your valuable pages, you know, your unique value indexable valuable stuff instead of wasting time all over the place okay. whatever junk they're crawling oh, we might come back with some tips for that as well so you know and and, and rasmus got anything to add on there yeah i think uh, one of the questions i, I usually ask um at, at least when i was on the agency side is how many pages do i have and and usually uh, the other people around the table that they are starting to, to flick because they really don't know so I think the, the I've written a little note here that says sitemap versus actual pages versus internal crawls versus the site domain operator at Google, which, which by that I kind of mean is, is how many pages do you have or, or, or do you know if you've got a full crawl or if you, you've got 100% coverage on, on your crawls? And, and usually I get the, the, the answer that no, we don't really know how many pages we have. So how do you know that you're actually getting everything indexed and, and getting the rankings and the traffic you deserve? Okay. So getting a fix on how big your site yeah. is, it's basically something I want. Yeah, okay. So there's some overlap there between canonicalization questions and uh, and and uh, duplicate calls and stuff. So we'll absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think if I'm going to add one that's different to to, to those, I think that um, a lot of SEOs uh, don't think about where their site is hosted and whether there's a uh, uh, you can uh, whether there's other other websites sitting on the same IP address trying to hog all the uh, all the hosting. So Google has or a search engine has to decide you know what it's what it's going to crawl. Uh, and if you've got one website on, on on the same server as two hundred other websites, and one of them happens to be you know a massive great big website with two million pages and and a little bit of uh, of authority, then that may be hogging a lot of the crawl as well. So that's kind of a thing I'd have on there. I, I don't know. I, I say that a lot, but I don't know if that's true or whether that's uh, me, you know, saying my bit. Uh, I mean, do, do you think that, that people make a mistake going for cheap hosting sometimes? Um, and does that affect the crawl? Anyone want to go with that? 
I mean, absolutely. I, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, you go. You go ahead, Elizabeth. Well, I think absolutely. Um, I, I talked to a guy the other day in a situation. He built a site for his wife, and he said, "Well, I put it on a Raspberry Pi and put it in my living room." <laughs> said, uh, uh, what? So, so just that. That's a huge. He's clever, though. Yeah, yeah. That is true. But I said, once you got Google crawling, Yahoo crawling, MSN crawling, and, <clears> and customers, and and uh, all that kinds of stuff. So, so I yeah, I do believe that that putting things on a shared host that that has a lot of pages you want to get crawled is is a dangerous path to take. If it's a <laughs> it's a, a a very important side of yours, uh, definitely. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Lily's I just come in, so that's good. You're just getting support from Lily there. Oh. So, you know. Hey, yeah. No, I was going to say, like, I think like shared hosting is not necessarily bad for, for crawling or in, indexing. I think it, it depends more on like the type of site um, that you're hosting and, and, and how much traffic uh, do you have and is that is, is it, do you have like huge peaks of, of, of traffic or not? Because especially if you're on shared hosting, um, well, if you have a lot of traffic, that's probably a bad idea just because of the, the bandwidth and, 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 and the CPUs and, and things like that. But uh, if it's like a small, you know, blog, then, then I would say it should crawl fine. You should be fine. Um, yeah. Now, if you have, you know, other sites on the same machine that are, that are, that are always, you know, over capacity, then, then that will uh, cause issues probably for Googlebot or even ourselves to, to crawl, we get kicked out, it just takes forever, uh, things like that. Uh, so I guess, yeah, the, 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 the load on those servers is, is what may create problems or not. Otherwise, I don't think that's inherently like anything really bad with that. Uh, um, and also, you don't really have much control of, of, of of what you can do on that server, and then that you can have other issues. Like you can't, you can't install this. You can't like turn that on. You can't, you know, it's very limited to what you can do. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I guess I guess it depends. Okay, yeah, yeah. you're banned for saying that. Let's say depends. Such an old girl comment. <laughs> Sorry, Patch, I'm not Patch, supposed to say that. No, yeah, Patch, anything you want to add? <laughs> No, I mean not really. I, I was going to say it's it's sources for courses. You know, mm -hmm. if it, like, exactly like Ramin said, there. If 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 you have a small site, it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna not get crawled. Um, mm -hmm. But as, as soon as you as soon as SEO is a big um, a big factor for you, you should be looking. You should be looking just to upgrade your server anyway. Like it shouldn't yeah. it shouldn't come to that really. Yeah, it's not that expensive, yep. is it? Really, no. when it comes to in the greater scheme of things. Okay, so uh, guys, um, we, we're talking about um, uh, canonicalization or uh, indexing how many pages you've got in your site and stuff. So it, that kind of leads into a lot of our users are, are WordPress users, well, 58% of the web, or I don't know what it is, but you know, uh, a lot of people, and, and probably a, a larger than average number of, uh, of, of Majestic users are WordPress users because SEO seem to dive into that technology. So. I'm not saying whether Manchester WordPress is, is good or bad or indifferent, you know, but um, uh, looking at WordPress and looking at the, the questions that the points that, that you guys made about um, canonicalization versus um, redirects and trying to trying to limit the the crawl to just crawling the pages that you, you want and not having uh, a bot, you know, going through different versions of the page. How does that manifest itself in WordPress? What things go wrong? to WordPress users that, 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 that cause the kind of problems that you're talking about in, in the crawl. My, Patrick, do you want to jump in first? Uh... 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, specifically, I suppose I don't really get why it's inherently a WordPress problem that we need to be focusing on. Well, well but, one, but, one, that, one that I think is a WordPress, because it's a blog, you've always got your content, and then you've got page two, and then you've got page three, and you've got page four. So you've got uh -huh. all of those pages, which basically are summaries of all the content, the individual uh, posts and things themselves. So just the way it comes out there by default, you've just got all these other pages, which have to be duplicate content because they're just giving snippets of the next the next section that's yeah that's i mean an example i i think with all that stuff there's like there's there's pretty straightforward plugins you know yoast can take takes care of all that stuff mm. so that you're not you're not even like surfacing it to to the crawler so like i guess like if you've got like a crappy cms whether it's your wordpress or, or a plugin in wordpress or whatever that's creating extra pages like different versions of the same page you don't want that at all like you need to be turning that stuff off if you can and then the rest of it I, it just all comes down to consistency in terms of how you're referencing the pages so like making sure you've got self-referencing canonicals on, and using absolute urls on them um making sure your architecture internal linking is all just completely consistent and then even when you're you know doing external links making sure that that's consistent you only ever link into the canonical only that url goes in the sitemap so you're in terms of like the, the signals you're sending to google it's like you're making sure that it's completely consistent signals that are going to google so that they agree with you on what the canonical is Mm -hmm. um, and then like yeah in terms of like mm -hmm. the, in terms of sections of content being repeated on multiple pages from a call indexing perspective i don't really see that in, as a big deal to be honest like you i don't see it as something you need to be worrying about too much like google can understand that this is a category page and this is the real post that that's not too much of a big deal um and it's it's quite straightforward to you know tick a few boxes in in, in, in your plugin to sort of hide those pages or not surface them in the first place yeah i think pagination is good though like, you know in, the, in like for any sites like pagination i think it, it's good to discover content uh on the site and making sure you know, it's part of the architecture but uh for WordPress and especially actually for Shopify now, because it's, it's really booming. Uh, one of the issues that we see is that, you know, you have one product and you put it into different like collections. And then depending on where the product uh, page itself is linked to on different collections, then the, the URL slug changes and adds that collection. And then you end up with having like the same page under different URLs. So then like Patrick said, then you want to make sure that, yeah, you have a single self-referencing canonical tag uh, to, um, to usually the shorter version, like the PDP URL, and, and not the one that's coming from XY uh, collection uh, page. But then what, you, what we find also uh, is that if you're only really featuring products and specific collections, uh, then even if you have a self-referencing canonical to the actual core uh, product URL, Google will still prefer the one that has most of that's featured the most on on the site that has most of the internal links that that's the you know then the actual product itself which is not really linked to from anywhere it's just that you have to go to all products and then go to pagination and, and, and find it there so you have to also the canonical may not work if you're always featuring you know a non-canonical url and then and then you may not have the one you'd want uh, necessarily indexed and same thing for sharing on social media you should you kind of like need to be aware aware of that but otherwise yeah no pagination i think it's really great i mean for wordpress like tags and categories can help with the interlinking and and it can keep users engaged even can be good for them 
I think the issue that we see on like on 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 some large web uh, WordPress sites is just um, categories and tags really like getting out of control. Like you have editors and marketers, they have, you end up with like 25 tags for one piece of content. And and if there's really no search volume at all for those tags or those category pages, and, and they're all like one word and it's just, it, you know, you kind of have a strategy for like how many taxonomy in mind, right? Like what are we, what makes sense, what makes sense for the users for search engines and maybe these are some tags or some categories that don't make sense. But sometimes that's a nice way also to instead of having, you know, a, a piece of content that's on uh, page 40 of your paginated series, then it's interlinked like, you know, uh, higher on the website because it's, it's, it's on a prominent category or, or tag that, that is valuable for users and search engines. Is, is that easy to change on Shopify? I mean, so if, you, if you're saying that canonicals don't really work very well on some Shopify site, I'm not a Shopify expert, so excuse me if I ask. Nothing is easy to change on Shopify. Nothing is easy to change on Shopify. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Shopify works great. Okay. <laughs> Rez, was I mean, you're, you're, you're all e-commerce, so, you know, uh, you know yeah, do you I find that problem a lot? Oh yeah, definitely, and I think that the the problems relate to 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 both what Roman and Patrick said here that that at least WordPress, for example, out of the box with with the with the categories, the tags, the pages, the posts. Um, in my experience, I've spent a lot of time removing stuff, de-indexing stuff, uh, both both through through plugins and stuff, but but using WordPress out of the box for for like let's say a site, a regular site, and not a blog. That's actually that, that goes a lot of work into removing stuff and making sure that 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 the text is not like a woman said you have forty tags and then you suddenly have forty identical pages where the only thing is maybe the title slot or something and mm. the same with the categories and and it can easily yeah. get out of hand and I'm seeing that a lot with the standard WordPress but also in e-commerce and especially as as Roman mentioned the the Shopify or where you have like us selling blinds we have a wooden blind but it's also a white wooden blind so it's it's actually relevant for two categories but but if it's the only product then we might end up with having two uh, category pages with with the same product and the only product in it uh which is just a waste of, of users and crawlers and, and everybody's time and effort i think so but presumably there's a there's a dichotomy then between you know so patrick patrick would like us all to just crawl one url because he's he's doing the crawl and just like 301 redirects to the one version but you know uh, commerce is going to need you know if you've got got it in red and got it in blue you kind of want to have some kind of canonical to get to one version of that, but you're still going to need to have different URLs for the for the user to be able to share. Yeah, but we're, we're trying to fix it the other way around and say, well, in, in let's say we have a, a blind, uh, that's where I'm coming from, and, and we have it in five colors. Then we try on the product description and say, well, this blind comes in red, blue, white, and gray, and then might have a drop down on the product page where you choose either your fabric or, or your color. So, so you basically have one page. And then you have the, the the variables on the page, so it's basically the one page. Uh, but it, yeah. it, it will get once once you get more products and you get more diversified colors, it, it, it can easily get <clears throat> a huge mess. Okay. And figuring out what yeah. is the right one is, is difficult. Yeah. Sorry, was, do you want to jump in? No, yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point as well. Like when you have like filters and faceted navigation and to choose the color things like that, I think. Uh, um, Usually what we do is like we look at search volume and like do people like really look for that blue item um, and then maybe it doesn't make sense to, have, to add a canonical tag to it and that's and 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 if you have three colors you know that might not be such uh, a big deal but 
the problem starts when you have too many um, options and filters, and that Google can call all of that, and and you know, <laughs> it becomes like an infinite number of, of uh, permutation in the, in the filters. So usually we try to like make sure that uh, um, the keyword research, like what what makes sense to try to index uh, because it has it has volume, right? It, it's valuable, uh, and and making sure that on the CMS, you know, all the the, the facets are already in the same order, so it's easy to to kind of like exclude anything that has like maybe more than two facets at once or three facets at once because there, like people will look for like maybe a a blue Nike shoe uh, for men, but they usually don't really type the size directly in search engines. You know, they, they say, like get me the shoe and then they don't. So yeah. so maybe we don't need to say it's from like you know that size or that or like go you know in like the finer details that then so, so, so maybe, can get maybe, out of control maybe better off to have a, a little javascript sort of carousel of images and things and so you just got one url and then they can see the pictures and at know. least in theory it sounds pretty good but but then the real world hits and and uh, <laughs> what, we, what we sometimes do is like for blinds at least and in, in, in here in europe but especially in scandinavia it's like the white blinds that you can see behind me it's, it's like mm. we like the the, the, the white an example would be that that very clean very very clean clean (laughs) so 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 instead of having all the colors and optimizing for for 10 different calls we kind of say well let's have the white as 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 the the primary product page and then we can see as as woman is is mentioning if if people are using the filters and we see okay somebody is 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 really changing it to red all the time then maybe we should do a a collection or category page with With red in it, um, exactly, and build yeah. um, <clears throat> a strong page. Yeah, strong and I page. think the advice here from woman that using <clears throat> keyword research and search volume as as a one of the determining factors of whether or not you should create a page is is, is a great mm-hmm. idea uh, yeah. because creating a page that nobody searches for is is again a waste of time yeah. and, and resources. And your and your internal search, right? And your internal search. Yeah, that's a very good question, Patrick. That, that's something we just utilized. And and, mm-hmm. and one yeah. thing I started digging into is like the internal search. What are people actually searching for? It, it's a, it's, it's mm-hmm. a phenomenal uh, signal yeah. to what we should create of content. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I wouldn't uh, just disallow all, internet, all the internal search like necessarily. Because you, you, you really have gold like in the internal search and see like, oh, I didn't think about that. Like, uh, and, and sometimes it just ranks and that's fine if it doesn't get out of control and then you can get a lot of traffic from it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of crawling indexing, it can also consist of like, of like the, this, this dreaded uh, uh, spider trap. Whereas as, as I saw a site recently where they put like the 10 most internal searches or search engine. Uh, underneath the search fields and and if you click them you'll get the search and and it kind of just it was a bot trap like you've never seen because because the bot just kept on searching itself and it it just yeah 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 you it makes sense to just yeah you've got to robots.txt or block out the actual search results of your own search crawler for for yeah yeah and then use the information to build a real page if if, if it turns out there's a lot of searches yeah yeah Okay, so um, we uh, we talked about, or you talked about at the start, Ramon, uh, um, uh, sort of JavaScript, or rendering, really, so page rendering and and, uh, uh, and, and issues around page rendering. And uh, uh, Google have got, you know, spent a lot of time recently talking about their JavaScript rendering service, their web rendering service, and and, and how, how they're very, very good at, at JavaScript rendering these days. Um, and... Uh, uh, so, so I got to guess. Got a few questions, really. How good are they, um, um, Patrick? How good is Sitebold compared to Google and Remain? Tell us a bit more about you know rendering. And for those that, those that don't know the difference between rendering DOM and uh, and view source, you know what's the difference? 
Well, the rendering is when you know um, <clears throat> it's it's retrieving all of the the resources that the page is is, is calling uh, and and executing those. So that that basically means you know calling with with with, with JavaScript uh, to uh, to make it easy. Uh, to imagine, but it's also it's also the layer, the, the layout. Like, what 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 does it look like then? And I think that there's there's different. Uh, not talking necessarily about the the rendering with all of the the third party tags and things like that, but just like I think for for crawling and and for what WRS like the Google uh, rendering service is more concerned with, it's more like a, it's more like just the content. It doesn't have to run everything. It's just like uh, um, you know getting. Uh, is the JavaScript required to retrieve and display that content and the CSS as well and things like that. Um, so um, I think where some things may get missed is that, yeah, it's not just enough to sometimes just enable JavaScript on your crawler and then, oh, it, I found it in the crawl. It's like, okay, but like, you know, it's also how long does it take the crawler to actually go through that rendering process for the for purely like the main content itself? And, um, and also, like, what does it look like? You know, like, do you have, do you find your main content like pretty high on the page? Is it, is it, is it, does it look wonky? Are you, are there resources that are blocked that that prevents, you know, the, the page from from looking the way it should to the user and and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so Patrick, and, and so your tool—that's what your tool does all the time. So, you know, does when does it hit problems? When does it when does it when does it sail through? Is being a desktop tool an advantage for you on JavaScript? How does that work? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, so a few a few of your questions there, like in terms of um, like compared to what Google can do, Sitebulb is effectively the same, if not better, than what Google can do. So we use headless uh, Chrome to do it. And I think it was like, I don't know, this time last year or something, Google switched to evergreen Chromium. So basically doing the same where they're using pretty much the latest stable release of Chromium to do their rendering. And that's the same. We, we do the same, basically. So whenever like a latest stable version comes out, we upgrade to that. So what that means is that in terms of features, like, you know, page features, there's not that much that Sitebulb can't handle. There's not that much that Google can't handle. And so it's very rare that we'll see a site that Google, and I could probably count on, on one hand, you know, the amount of times where we've actually seen a site that, that Sitebulb can't render at all. The problems tend to come when there's way too much on a page. There's just too much scripts, too much stuff happening. You're asking either you're asking Sitebulb or you're asking Google to just do way too much work. And it's not going to just keep downloading more stuff and keep processing everything. It's just going to go, I'm going to cut off now and we're not going to do any more work. And uh, like you, that sort of manifests in Sitebulb when, um, and it, when Sitebulb trying to crawl a website, uh, there's a cutoff point. So let's say five seconds by default. If, if it's getting to a point where it's not finding certain links on the page because um, it's hitting this cutoff point before the page is fully rendered, then you're not going to be able to crawl the whole site. And then in the same way that, that uh, Roman was just saying there with... Um, with what with what Google's saying, they're they're kind of prioritizing the you know the content at the top of the page rather than some of the some of the what they're considering perhaps less less important content or content that they're just not getting a chance to get to because the like the the computational resource is too high. You're asking them to do too much work, and so there's a massive difference in terms of how much computing power you need to just go and grab a page of HTML versus what you need to do for, for rendering like. It's, I think it's something like 20 times different. So 
it's that's why they can't just do this by default for everything all the time and they're having to make these decisions do we need to do this and looking for ways like opportunities when they're when they're calling when they're rendering to like just make sure we get the most important stuff that might mean that there's a load of content on your page that's just not getting indexed at all mm. and if it means that there's links that's not getting indexed then or not getting getting found then you know that can be a problem from a discoverability perspective and then an indexing problem as well okay. yeah but otherwise for sure like Googlebot and Sidebot, they're, 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 they're efficient at crawling JavaScript. I don't think like there's, there's really like huge issues there. Like the issues arise when, when yeah, it, it takes too long. And then for your side, it's like, do you have enough crawl budget to, to get indexed on time and in, you know, with, within your, the crawl budget that, that's allocated to you? And so it, that's more the issue is that making sure that, yeah, your pages get rendered. It's about being and lightweight, right? On time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, to, and to, like, if... to help the process, yeah. Yeah, if anyone's like interested in this stuff, uh, Wanli, who've like everything that they publish about all this stuff, like they've really like led the way. Um, they have a tool called Too Long Didn't Render, which mm. um, you can use. Like, put if you if you're concerned, you can go and put a web page in there, and it will like tell you the computational cost of rendering a web page, and just give you kind of a barometer of is this take is will this take a long time? Is there a chance that this stuff's not going to get indexed? Or is it just really like I, I, I thought that's what Sightbolt does as well. <laughs> not, not in exactly the same way. You know, they've collected data. You know, they've done a whole load of research on on loads of different sites. Um, and so, yeah, that's that that's worth checking out for that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah. a good point here about speed or time it takes. It, it it might be able to render the page and it might look fine, but if you have ten thousand lines of of JavaScript. And Google is able to crawl it, but it's it's a matter of if they really want to, or at least they want to index it and rank it, uh, because they know that that maybe a user it will crash at, at their end as well. So, mm. so one thing is if they're able to do it, it another thing is if they actually want to do it and 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 in the end actually rank it for 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 the the searchers. Um, so and I, I do see you need, a lot of the, the challenges there. You, one of the problems with that. that sorry, can I just get so one of the problems for, for 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 a lot of people though is that, you know. That that too long didn't render is coming in because they just put third party plugins on the on the page and they didn't actually know what the hell was happening with that and they don't know what's happening at the other end of that. Um, but but uh, but the other thing that with JavaScript bloat surely is um, and uh, tell me if I'm, I'm I'm fixing this the wrong way here is is that sometimes you've got JavaScript over all of the site and you're actually only using it on four or five pages you know so you've just put the code on. Um, so presumably you can use Google Tag Manager then to stop that code. If you put the code in via Tag Manager, you can then use triggers so that it only loads when it's uh, when that page is, is loading. So would that be a clever idea, a clever tip to people, or a stupid one? No. Uh, I you wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> No, well, the, the thing is, is like uh, all of those. I, I think you're referring to like all the third-party tags that are yeah. wreaking havoc on your on, on, on your page speed for sure. Uh, those don't necessarily get crawled by by Google during the rendering process. So even if you do that, it's not really what's going to speed up um, the the rendering on the Google side of things. Uh, and and so that will help for sure. Uh, the users and and doing like server side tagging for and things like that. That's but that's more for the for the user and getting better like you know the Chrome user experience like uh, great there. But in terms of of the rendering on the Google side, I think it's more like working on the, the JavaScript that really matters if if it's required for your content. It's, it's just trying to um, if it's a 
five megabyte app bundle, then you know that's not going to work well. You you, you should do like a, a hybrid uh, between you know some pre-rendered and then you can hydrate and add like the, the JavaScript belt and whistles on top of it or things like that. But it, it's more like yeah, getting to like the core JavaScript that is required for the content and the CSS, like uh, working on the critical rendering pass and mm-hmm. and 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 just shipping what you need for the content. Uh, I think that that's what, in terms of like core budget and, and making sure that you get indexed faster, I think that's, that's, that's more what's going to help you than, than, than just firing up some specific tags uh, based on if it's really required on, on, on that page or not. That's going to end up in, in, in the Chrome user experience report anyway yeah. and penalize uh, you there. Uh, and there's, there's like a fundamental difference between sites that happen to use a bit of javascript which almost every site does and sites where the content is dependent upon javascript so the content Short itself is changing side, yeah. right and that 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 is that is the difference in in like, what we're talking about here so if like like for instance the site bob site doesn't have much dependence on javascript at all so we don't really need to worry about that particularly but if you have something some bits of content you might have like a product carousel for instance just getting populated by javascript that sort of thing to show different colors for example to show different (laughs) colors exactly and you might find you know all we're getting is white 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 which is perfect um if you're in sort of scandinavia where that's all they ever want anyway so it doesn't matter (laughs) but then you try and launch in the uk and you have all these idiots trying to get red blinds and green blinds and blue ones they can't find it because it's it's you know google aren't actually indexing this stuff because it takes too long to load in this javascript like that's where you could have problems with this yeah that's a that's a good point because we know that the searchers are there Uh, it's like we might not create 10 different pages uh, based on color, for example, and, and we do a lot of JavaScript, but but the key is that the challenge is to actually get you in front of those different types of searches and, and figuring out how to do it without having 9,000 lines of, of, of JavaScript. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, you're only going to rank for your brand. Exactly, exactly. This and in some cases is, is good, but uh, or, or even white blinds, <laughs> which is also a good, good idea, but it's, it's great. It's not enough, though. <laughs> well, I mean, on that one, and uh, if it's not going, uh, if it's not going too far away from the uh, the crawling tree, um, you know, you, you've said, um, Patrick, you know, one version is great. That's perfect. You know, Canonicals, you know, not as good as, as one version. Um, uh, and uh, and then we've talked about speed, but then Google advocates if you uh, if you if you can, then use AMP because it speeds everything up. So, um, are you are you a fan of AMP or, or not a fan of AMP? Because that gives you two two versions, two URLs of all your content anyway. Who wants to jump in on AMP? Well, I'll make it and short. Cool. I, haven't, I haven't never touched it, and I'm, I'm not sure I will. I'm no developer. Uh, but oh, no. God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. No, no, no. Just build a fast page. That AMP, it says, no, nah, nah. well. And I've, been, I've been like that as well. I've been, I've been anti-AMP, but I think, the, I think that's the old people and not the young people. But, so it would be interesting to see what we go over here. You know? <laughs> right. I, mean, right. I think it depends on niches, right? Like if you're in you know, news and stuff, like AMP is, is a big deal. Um, right. Because so you'll have so much traffic from mobile in the first place, and getting that real estate at the top is really, really important. So, um, like, it's, I mean, you know, we we don't we don't have to do it for our own sites, and you know, we don't have clients anymore because AMP came in after we needed clients. So, you know, hopefully uh, hmm. we can actually get some proper feedback from Roman on that. But um, yeah, I, I see it as something which 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 is is important depending on which niche you're work, working in, and otherwise. You might, you probably don't need to worry about it. 
Remain. Yeah, like news, news for sure. News, it's 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 kind of like almost a requirement. Uh, I think like I'm not I'm not against against AMP. It's just like maybe it should be like more open source than you know it's it's less of a Google own product, but because uh, it's kind of like hosting you know the cache of, of the AMP versions and, and all. Yeah. But um, but other than that, it can be even if you're not in news, it can be a good uh, band aid, like a quick fix to a site that's really slow out of control and then there's just too much it's going to be a huge project we're going to have to rebuild the whole site you know with like uh, with like different technology and a different a very different stack and different concerns from the get-go and that doesn't happen overnight and if, if it's your like if you're two years away from that then 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 maybe you know uh, doing some amp pages uh may actually help you um in um in google uh but but you need to make sure you have like a dedicated team though that 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 really works on the amp site because you you can't just like slap up an amp plugin on it and, and call it a day you know because like the conversion rates may also go down the drain too so it's mm-hmm. it's 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 like a, a micro mobile site you you kind of I, have to like I, I was surprised though recently that. I just you know because I've only I, I'm not an amp person and I'm not I'm not a very clever person when it comes to the uh, actual proper website stuff but um, <laughs> but I but I, I found it's really easy to put AMP on a WordPress site now because, you know, WordPress, of course, is a sort of inbuilt thing and it's pressed a few buttons. Um, and it did speed up the site for sure. I mean, uh, I tested on, on, <laughs> on Lighthouse. Uh, which I, I wonder if Lighthouse and Sitebolt get mixed up a lot. Sure. Anyway. Uh, and it speeded up quite a bit. It, it, it did come up with a couple of extra errors, but um, I, I thought AMP was going to be a pain in the ass, but it turned out to be quite easy. So, what was it for, like a blog blog content? Yeah, it was just it was just yeah, just a WordPress blog, so it's pretty straightforward. Exactly. You know. yeah. I, I did you like how it looked? E-commerce side, though, I'm I'm not sure that that it's it's prime for that uh, still. But but yeah. hey, I haven't looked into it for a while, so <laughs> I wouldn't really yeah. know. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not convinced about the long longevity of AMP as a concept. Anyway, I think that, I think uh, it's kind of a fix, isn't it? It's it's more of, of uh, fixing a, a symptom. Yeah, exactly. Of course, uh, but 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 the idea of it, the idea of it is good. I mean, like when we have like. Uh, you know, clients and they, they're like, how do we, you know, how do we start building with the, you know, we tell them like amp-like, like try amp-like and then don't worry, like they're just going, things will add themselves on top of it, but like you, you should like aim to uh, develop something that is amp-like, uh, I think, because it's just, it's so fast and that is really amazing and great and, and, <laughs> and, you know, for yeah. e-commerce or blogs or users around the world on 3G or whatever. And it's just, Brilliant. it just works well. I think that's a good point to actually get the, the conversation going about fast sites and, and, and you could do some, some tests and see, well, we're actually converting better on, on faster sites and then get the whole internal discussion going whether or not we, we, should, we should look into AMP for, for our business. Uh, mm-hmm. So it could be like the, the, the icebreaker for having that discussion. Um, so it doesn't become, well, I think it's fast. Well, I think it's slow. It, it's <laughs> Is it faster or slower than AMP? Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're, we're pretty much up to 45 minutes already. So it doesn't take very long, guys. Wow. But, you know, um, what, I, what I'd like to do before, before we go, though, is um, firstly say thanks again to Majestic. Uh, also, if you haven't used Majestic's new thing there, Majestic Monitor, uh, that's a pretty cool um, different product that they've got that um, uh, really sort of leverages it's data to try and figure out who's an influencer and who's not in different verticals and it's a it's a different product to, to the sort of the link building stuff that majestic does but 
give that a try. Um, and uh, and uh, I think you'll find, find it, you know, uh, a, a nice, interesting, fresh, new kind of idea. Anyway, but before we go, that's my advert for Majestic out of the way. Um, uh, guys, if, um, if people want to get in touch with you, um, uh, what, uh, where can they find you? And, um, uh, and, you know, maybe not so much Erasmus, he's in-house, because unless they want to buy blinds, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, what, what kind of people do you want to get in contact with you and, uh, and, um, and how do they get in contact with you? Remain. Um, well, you can find me on, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, I'm coming back to Twitter, so believe it or not. Uh, so yeah, you can you can you can find me there. Hit me up there if you need any any help with you know um, crawling, rendering, indexing, obviously rankings as well, right? Uh, and I'm sure you do if you're listening right now. So uh, yeah, feel free to to hit me up. Uh, but but hurry because maybe like your traffic, I may disappear from Twitter again. Like so, uh, <laughs> you know, be, 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 be proactive about it. Okay, I'll let Patrick go last and he can have the last word because I'm sure he'll sell himself. Hello, Rasmus, what do you, what do you... Yeah, no worries. Where, where can we find you? Where can we find you? Well, on, on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Um, I think uh, maybe in your Facebook feed uh, once in a while. Um... So you just put Sorensen in with that funny O thing that we haven't got on our keyboard. Yeah, I think so you can pretty much just uh, search Rasmus and Sorensen in. And, uh, <laughs> not many of us, so I, I should pop up. Uh, uh, excellent. Okay, Patrick, uh, I'm sure you'd like all of our audience to come and speak to you. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank you, Dixon. Um, yeah, you, so you can find me on Twitter as well. Um, that's I only really hang out there. So at Hathaway oh. P, you can find me there. Yeah, yeah. But over on Sitebulb, so everybody should have probably downloaded it at the start. But if you haven't, you can do that now. Uh, <laughs> anyone who does SEO basically needs a crawler and therefore needs Sitebulb. Can I also, while I'm here, plug uh, a live stream Q and A which we're doing a bit like this. Uh, a week today, um, eight, eight o'clock, uh, we've got Lily Ray and Jono Alderson, and we'll be talking about business case for structured data. So if you go to yeah. youtube.com slash sitebulb, you can go check it out there and like, you know, cool. sign up for the reminder thing uh, week today. Excellent. And Lily works with Remain, of course. So, yeah, of course. And, uh, and Jono works with Yoast. So, okay. Uh, guys, uh, actually, uh, thank you ever so much. Uh, I, uh, I'm sorry to anyone on Facebook for me not being able to see the questions on the Facebook uh, feed. That's just because Zoom and Facebook just don't seem to just, you know, work as well as they should, really. Um, but uh, we'll see you again next month. Keep it on the uh, on the Majestic blog for the, for the next topic. Um, and uh, I'm going to press the buttons now uh, to stop the recording and everything. Uh, and I, I think when I press it, um, everything dies and, and we cut you all off. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll email you to say thank you afterwards. But uh, I really appreciate you guys coming in. So thanks ever so much, guys. Thank you, Dixon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.